Welcome to Picture the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and in this episode of Major League Baseball Picks, a lot on the prices that make for good bets using the predictive mathematical model I've built known as Sideline for games scheduled to be played on Thursday, July 27th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.picturetheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations. And community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections of picks on every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link's in the show description. Cost is under $1 per day. You'll get money lines, run lines, first fives, totals, numbers needed for A-grade plays on all of that nonsense. And, of course, exclusive access to our Discord chat. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It's not trying to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. There no right sides or wrong sides, or other prices where any side should be played, whether using... My model, another model, or just coming up with your own price point. This is the sort of probabilistic thinking that is key to growing your bankroll. Instead of draining it, there are ups and downs, but it will balance out in the long run. It's just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So while the long run profitability has been proven, winning every single day is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, we nailed the pitcher prop that we gave out yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, both of the overs that we had uh, just, I mean, by the hair of their chinny chin chin fell short, um, you know, especially in that late game. It actually was funny. We were talking about the last time that Strider uh, pitched and, and it played out the same way. You know, no runs through the first five, I think five ish innings uh, or four and a four and a half or whatever. And then all the runs came. It just couldn't quite get there. Um, yeah. Definitely an outlier performance. And of course, in the Rays game, you know, Eflin. Uh, getting hurt uh, yeah. and, and you have to wonder on that one of course a, a guy who's been so good at coming out so early like that MRI on the knee you have to assume it was affecting him all game because his yeah. performance was uh, by far his worst performance of the season obviously Alcantara looking good again we've talked about he, you know he's still a good pitcher uh, just probably not quite as good as you know last year and and he looked good you know got to give him credit but Eflin uh, getting hurt like that I mean just just a, you know again we got the pitcher prop but I mean just a rough day uh, yesterday the the interesting thing and we always talk about this and 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 we had it kind of early on in the season the same thing where the show picks just weren't doing as well and the other picks were and we saw that yesterday the totality of picks between uh the you know the play of the day and the other totals uh down a quarter of a unit on the day so basically a break-even day uh mm -hmm. even though you know we didn't do as well here and that's what happens when you we always talk about when you play a fewer number of games you're going to have more variance uh the more games you play you're going to reduce your variance you're going to kind of reduce your upside a little bit but you're going to reduce your variance we always talk about that's a personal decision how many games you play yeah. um we kind of saw that start of the season that thing happened middle of the season the show picks did a little bit better the dub club picks did worse when you're only picking a few though it, there's going to be more ups and downs that's kind of what happened uh happens right yeah, and I was about to say this is this is why that you you sign up for Dub Club, so you get the unfiltered picks from from sideline, and usually sideline is better at reducing variance, and you know sometimes does better picking than what we can with our eyes. So another, <laughs> another plug, uh, you know, sometimes we select select the wrong subset of games to talk and, about here, but sideline uh, does a good job of not doing. In and right, you know, viewer, in case you're curious how the sausage is made, right? Uh, obviously, you know, and I, you know, I. 
got to cross off a bucket list item yesterday, you know, uh, seeing Hamilton on Broadway, you know, and so if you think about, you know, one of the songs, you know, you know how, you know, want to be in the room where it happens, you know, where the sausage gets made, right? Um, we, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're picking these games, the difference between what we pick to talk about and not talk about has to do with, you know, it's an interesting picture. It's an interesting matchup. There's something specifically going on with the weather or whatever. It's not that the games that we don't pick aren't good to talk about on the show aren't good picks. It's just, we maybe have less to say about them, or maybe we like them one tenth of a fraction less than the other. One. It doesn't mean we shouldn't play the other ones. It's just, we're only doing a subset here. So uh, it's not to say that uh, the picks that we aren't doing here aren't also good picks. And it's not to say we're holding back better picks. We're just picking the ones here that we think are more interesting to talk about for one reason or another makes for better entertaining uh, shows. And like cousin Joe, like you said, that's the reason beyond dub club. You get the other stuff that might not be as fun to talk about, but are just as good of picks. Uh, ups and downs, of course, happening here, uh, especially this week, feeling like we're getting on a little mini roller coaster. Hopefully, we can get back on the upswing today, kind of like we did on Tuesday, would be a little bit more fun. But before we get to the slate today, some quick reminders please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. If you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the MLB, college basketball, college football, or coming this fall, NFL content that this channel provides. You can see how I scale picks in the Google Sheet that has season results, team metrics, starting pitcher metrics, all sorts of goodies in the show description. But as always, with the scaling with the picks, take what you like and leave the rest. We do have an afternoon doubleheader. We're going to talk about game one of that, Angels at the Tigers. It will be a warm day in Detroit for their standards. Typically, baseball games are played at night. When you look at the average starting uh, temperature in Detroit, most of the time it's in a night game. Half the time it's in a month like April or May, uh, you know, where it's a little bit cooler. So 80 degrees throughout the game on this one's going to feel a little bit warmer than average for a baseball game. I'm not saying it's not usually 80 degrees in the summer during the day. It's just you don't get a lot of these situations. So this is going to be a pretty hitter-friendly environment. Breeze blowing out to center field at about five miles an hour. So slight breeze blowing out, slightly warm for that park. Part of what makes that such a pitcher-friendly park, uh, the dimensions of that park weren't overly pitcher friendly before this year it was just the fact you played a lot of games in cooler weather and yet a slightly big part cool weather made it very pitcher friendly they've moved the fences in uh but it still plays pretty pitcher friendly when the weather cooperates with it i think we're gonna have a little bit more of a hitter friendly day here with slightly warmer weather two good pitchers though shohei otani and michael lorenzen otani 371 era underlying metrics say that's about right. Maybe a tiny bit lower than that. But as we talk about Otani's value this year has really come as a hitter, a good pitcher, very good pitcher, rating 78, very good. Uh, he's been otherworldly hitting. Uh, still good as a pitcher, but maybe not quite in that top. You know, last year he was like a top 10 pitcher. Yeah. Uh, this year, I'm not sure he falls. I think he falls on the other side of that. Uh, still very good. We faded Otani a lot this season, faded him last week, and it didn't work because yet again, the Angels just scored a ton of runs in his starts that had nothing. It's one of those where you just, you never know when the team's going to score runs. Uh, You know, there's really not a lot to just score more for certain pitchers. Every time, if you want to, viewer, if you want to comment, here's this situation where this guy gets a lot of runs or doesn't, I can give you a hundred the other direction. doesn't matter which side you choose, right? There's so many examples both ways on that, but the Angels kind of just keep scoring and Otani starts. I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, So fading him hasn't worked, not because the price has been, I think the price has been right to fade him. It's just, 
the team scores, right? Uh, Lorenzen for the Tigers, 349 ERA. Underlying metrics though, suggest it should be a lot higher. His results have been good. Uh, underlying metrics suggest he's closer to league average. This Angels offense right around league average. Tigers offense below average, but the Angels bullpen, of course, a big problem spot. They did add Ronaldo Lopez in a trade last night. I assume he'll be there today, which will help because they're going to need a lot of bullpen innings. But even with him, the bullpen's still not very good. They do need to add another reliever or two to get to that, to at least a league average bullpen. It looks like they're going to try to yeah. uh, reliever or two. Don't have them yet, though, so still a below-average bullpen. Uh, we're going to be on the over in this game, over 8. Model projects 9.3. Cousin Jared, tell us more. Yeah, so I like the over in, in this game because Otani has, yeah, again, you mentioned he's been very good this season, not quite as great as he has been recently. But if you go back and look at his uh, past month, he has not been anything at all uh, pitching-wise to write home about uh, over the last month. He's been dealing with a blister issue. He's got pulled from a couple of starts sooner than what you would think for him. He still went five innings, but for him, that's, that's a, a shorter outing. And, and so really, you know, look at the past two months, he's only gone seven innings one time. I think that Otani is only going to get five or six innings in this game is the number one thing. And then you're going to get to the Angels bullpen, which we all, we all know and love uh, or maybe hate, depending on what side of many of those games you've you've been on and the other thing is you you mentioned the weather seeing a 10 percent weather adjustment up there in detroit a 10 percent increase uh in, in runs expected kind of based on the weather adjustment in uh, detroit is a number that you don't see very often so like yeah. this really is um kind of an opportunity to capitalize in a way that you don't usually get to in a place like detroit so i think for me it's mostly a combination of otani hasn't been as great the past month i think that he's going to have a shorter leash just because of the blister he's had and you know obviously can't potentially give up anything that he's been doing hitting wise right you don't <laughs> want to put him in, in jeopardy if he's got you know something wrong with the blister or whatever yeah um and then the weather adjustment in in detroit kind of makes me feel really good about the over eight here in otani's results i think it kind of as you as you mentioned and i'll say it a little bit different way his results early on in the season were a little bit better but i was looking at the underlying metric saying I'm not sure he can keep this up. Yeah. And sure enough, that's kind of what you've seen, that ERA rising, yeah. you know, approaching four. Again, which isn't bad. I'm not trying to say he's a bad pitcher, right? It's just, yeah. it's not what it was last year. It's not how he's being priced. I think he's still being priced like he's an excellent pitcher. And you mentioned the the length, and we've talked about that a lot with him this year. Last year, he was going seven or eight innings a lot. This year, and maybe, maybe it's the same thing with Alcantara. We talked about yesterday that a lot of that – throwing all those extra innings, you know, maybe is a fan. They've done that six-man rotation really trying to, to – I don't know. Uh, maybe it could just be the – who who really knows? I, you know, yeah. none of us know, right? We're not there. We're not in his brain. But uh, you do have to wonder, he's had a lot of five- and six-inning outings this year, way more than we saw last year. He's had a lot of situations where his pitch count's been driven up. Guys are just – Maybe guys are just deciding, hey, this guy throws a lot of weird pitches. We just got to keep fouling them off, fouling them off. And, you know, maybe that's the game plan. I don't really yeah. know. I'm not, again, I'm not in the in the locker room. So we've just seen a lot of five-inning starts uh, from him this year. And if that's the case, again, that's going to help the over just because of the fact that, um, you know, getting him out, getting to that Angels bullpen. The Tigers on the top half of the league with in, in strikeouts, they do strike out a little bit. Uh, sometimes strikeouts – draw up pitch counts right which is another reason he might get out early uh, over eight is our pick here again 
model projects 9.3. Cousin Jared, I want to ask you, there's only five games on the slate today. One of them mm-hmm. is the play of the day. Again, if you want that, Dub Club is where you're at there. We've got a 6% ROI so far this season on the plays of the day. Uh, I think that's worth it's worth the subscription right there alone. Uh, yeah, definitely. The play of the day. There's only one game we're not going to talk about other than the play of the day. That mm-hmm. is game two of this and we had a couple of different directions you can look for game two based off what the model says with regards to both the side and the total uh cousin jared without giving anything away can you can you give us a little bit of insight as to why that game didn't make the cut what what are you seeing in game two that makes you a little bit leery and maybe more of a pass on game two because i think a lot of people with the standalone Games after going to be looking to play game two. So I'm curious, like, where's your word of caution potentially for game two? My word of caution on game two would be it's going to be game two of a doubleheader and everybody's going to be tired and ready to go home by about like the fifth or sixth inning of the second game. And I don't know what's going to happen towards the back end of, of that ball game. That's that's part of it. The other part of it is like I just feel like I know something about Otani. Like mm. I feel more comfortable uh, making that play with how he's looked the past month, the number of innings that he's gone, knowing that they don't want to aggravate, you know, whatever's going to bother him on his hammer. He's going to have to come out from uh, a couple of games a little bit early. So it's just more that I feel like I know more about the first game. And that second game is like, who knows who's going to be coming out of the bullpen by the end. Of the All right. So then, so then maybe, maybe I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, right? Maybe mm-hmm. we, we, we I, I talked to the discord. I said, there's a B grade pick, a kind of a decent pick maybe on game two maybe it sounds like you if you were going to play game two you might be looking at the first five is kind of where i where i'm hearing from you yeah yeah i i would definitely be looking at at the first five because i think once you get to the you know we talked about getting to the angels bullpen in the first game <laughs> what's the angels bullpen going to be like at the end of the second game and, um, and to, today the, and- and the Tigers, of course, also being a, being a team that's yeah. been disappointing all season. Got a couple yeah. good relievers. And of course, they got a couple good relievers right now. It's 8 a.m. Eastern time. By the time this game starts, they might have traded one away. Who really knows? We are at that, that time true. this, that this next and, several days. And maybe the Angels have gotten a new reliever for maybe the Tigers, and he just walks across the other bullpen. Who knows? We have we have seen it before. It's obviously a fun story when that happens. So uh yeah, yeah this is that the, the, you know, we got you know a few, few more days to talk about this, uh, this kind of chaos here, and then we kind of hopefully have more rosters at that point. It's only guys getting cut, uh, you know, and signed as free agents, which will be usually weaker players. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of happening, a lot of things happening here for this afternoon series. Hopefully, it gives you some good insight. That'll take us to the night slate, seven forty-five p.m. Eastern. Cubs at the Cardinals. Cousin Jared, we talk about St. Louis uh, early in the season. Plays very pitcher friendly. Uh, St. Louis is in the Midwest, and if you live in the Midwest, and, and we're moving to Indianapolis, I'm not going to call Indianapolis the Midwest weather wise because it doesn't seem to have this. We're talking about the Midwest more in the like mm. Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa that area of the Midwest specifically, because you get further north of that, you don't quite see this as much, you know, East you don't see, but, but there's a good chunk of that. I think St. Louis is part of that where you can get some really cold days in the winter and really hot days in the summer. You kind of can see both extremes there yeah. and early in the season in St. Louis, that part could play pretty pitcher friendly with cooler weather winds blowing in you little cold front coming in uh, from the North uh, in the summer though. It can play very hitter friendly. We've been talking about how the ball's been flying. 
Uh, I said it from the start. I said it in April. I said, y'all, we're seeing, and this is why I said I didn't want to touch totals because I didn't know what the heck was happening with the baseball. If you go back and listen, yeah. like any yeah. show, I basically said, I'm not touching a total. I don't know what the baseball is, and the baseball is going to tell us a lot. And I, as we got gotten through April, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to bump up the projected number of runs because this ball is flying. There's going to interact with the weather. If it's flying in April, what's going to happen in the summer? We haven't, folks, we have not seen a lot of hot days yet this summer. It's been a relatively mild summer that doesn't mean it's been mild where you live. It hasn't been mild in Texas. Has been mild. Yourself. It's been a mild summer for baseball weather, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it hasn't been in Texas, of course. It's been hotter than blazes there. But they got yeah. roofs, right? They got yeah. roofs for those stadiums, so it doesn't really matter. But we have yet to see very many 100-degree days in Atlanta, which we see. We have yet to see very many 100-degree days in Kansas City in St. Luke. And then St. Louis as well, three parks. Uh, Cincinnati, we've, we've yet to see many mid-90-degree days. Or we've yet to see some of these – uh, situations very often we've seen some 90 degree days folks it's going to start off in st louis 102 mm. degrees as the projected temperature for the first pitch we are talking about a oh. very hot day the ball is going to absolutely fly even by the end of this game we're projecting to be in the low 90s the ball is going to fly adding to that we've got a wind blowing out at five miles an hour just for kicks we've got a 16 percent weather adjustment you got two pitchers who aren't very big on strikeouts so you, guys are putting the ball in play and they're going to try to keep it on the ground but if they do not the ball is going to fly mm -hmm. justin Steele, obviously a very good pitcher 295 era fip aligns with that x fip doesn't i tend to take the average of the two I think they're both pretty good for different things. If you want to dive into thinking about what those are, what that means, et cetera, they're both relatively predictive and in, in different ways. I think he's probably not quite as good as that 295 ERA, but I don't think he's far off from that model. Gives him an 81 rating, very good pitcher. Miles Michaelis, pretty league average. His underlying metrics align with his ERA. Bullpens are all pretty around average. Cubs offense around average. Cardinals offense, of course, well above average. We're expecting some runs in this game. Going to go over nine model projects 10, but also going to take the Cardinals at minus 105. It's an A-grade pick. Model says minus 107 or better is an A-grade. Minus 116 or better is a B-grade. That the correct price should be Cardinals minus 123. They have a 55% chance to win. Obviously, you have to consider that the Cubs have the starting pitcher advantage, but the Cardinals have the better offense uh, so that kind of washes out Cardinals at home. Cardinals more likely to win this game. Minus 105 is a good price, even though they have been disappointing. It's not all about the starting pitchers that matters, but it doesn't matter maybe quite as much as people think. Uh, and again, if you had, if you didn't have Justin Seal, if you had an average Cubs pitcher, the projected total in this game probably would be 11. Uh, but the fact that Steele is at least a good pitcher keeps it at 10, but the ball is just going to fly. I love the push protection on the over nine. A great pick on the Cardinals. Cousin Jared, the floor is yours. Well, you you said everything that I would have said. So let's just talk about the fans in St. Louis. Uh, everybody loves a good St. Louis Cardinals fan, right? And the thing is, as you mentioned, it's going to be 102 degrees at first pitch. I, 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 get, I start sweating in places I don't want to talk about just thinking about that. But mm. I feel very confident that the fans in St. Louis will have that place fairly packed out, mm. uh, even with uh, the first pitch temperature being 102 degrees, because a Cardinals fan is just built different than most baseball fans, to be honest with you. If it's 102 degrees outside, I don't want to go to an Astros game, and they play inside. Mm. And so, you know. Uh, what what can I say? But no, I, I agree with all of the points that you make. I mean, 102 degrees, you really got to be looking at overs when you get uh, weather like that. And then to put the icing on top of the cake, having both of these pitchers give up quite a bit of contact, usually saw contact. That's why they've been so effective this year. But, um, you know, giving up a lot of, lot of contact. 
this isn't Spencer Strider going out there. You're not going to have these pitchers striking out 10 guys in six innings or anything like that. The ball's going to be in play quite a bit. And just with this weather, with the ball being in play, I mean, these hitters are too good. There's going to be a bunch of fly balls that might have been warning track fly balls that are end up getting out or, you know, something that would have been a single is going to turn into a double just because of the weather today. Or, or an out turns into a double, right? One of those yeah. where it just gets right over the outfielder's head. Uh, the other thing to consider about the heat is it, it wears down the pitchers. Uh, it, 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 long innings get really rough really mm-hmm. quickly. And as someone who pitches in an old man's league, so I'm not nearly as good a shape as these guys, but I do have to say, I do, I, I am, I would be aligned with the pitch clock. I would never have a pitch clock violation. I'm a get the ball, let's go kind of guy. Um, the, the only the only time I can is when it's dark and I, I can't see the signs, but I digress. Um, you know, <laughs> When it's hotter, I mean, I feel it. And if you have a long inning, it's, you know, you start breathing a little bit heavier. You, you, your legs just don't work as well. It's just harder mm-hmm. to go deeper. I'm not saying that you guys, these guys can't go six or seven. It just means that if something starts going wrong in an inning and with this weather, it's going to be really easy for one thing to go wrong. The wheels can start falling off quick and your stamina just dies. Not going to affect the relievers much, but is going to affect the starters. And we always talk about shorter starters. Even with good bullpens, it increases the possibility something goes wrong because if you throw out four relievers in a game, you got to have all of them on or something's yeah. going to go wrong. And so it's, yeah. it's that's why you like a starter going deeper because it means you're you're doing well. You limit how many guys are coming in, how many not guys can have off nights. So we've got just a great chance for a lot of runs here. Also, again, going to be backing the Cardinals here. All about the price on this one. The Cardinals should be bigger favorites on this one. Again, the pitchers matter, but uh, not maybe as much as the line would indicate. Cousin Jared, my question for you, as always, we've got two picks here. We've got the Cardinals – We've got the over. Do you like one more than the other, or do you like them? Is this one of those, you know, don't make me pick between my favorite children type things? Uh, Well, okay, okay. I'm I'm going against a rule here. I usually always back the the A plays. I think I like the over better here just because of the weather and having two pitchers that give up a a lot of contact. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, not that I don't love the side here, you know, love love sideline and its A plays that it gives out on the sides. Um, but this just, for me personally, feels like one of the bigger weather adjustments on the board. You don't get many days of seeing first pitch over 100 degrees anywhere. Much like, not talking about St. Louis, just anywhere. You don't see very many games with that type of weather. And I, I think that we could be underselling what the ball might be doing in, in this weather. So I think this is a great opportunity. And I think it's a great point. Uh, it's not going to happen every single day, right? And every single mm-hmm. game, right? And that's why we was talking yeah. about variance and ups and downs. Uh, the totals this year, I, th- I think that the the ROI on this on the A grade sides is around a little over three percent. The totals, I think, is a little over four percent. Totals have actually done better than the mm-hmm. A grade sides this year, uh, partially because it's the long run. Just one of those you're going to have weird games where weird things happen, sure. But in general, trusting these weather adjustments has been a really smart play. And I think you're absolutely right. And that's why I kind of tried to go into that a little bit at the start of this game game break that here which is the interaction effect between this ball and the weather we just haven't seen a lot of we don't have a lot of data out here at this end and if there's any interaction effect and i think there is based off of my limited understanding of physics right i'm a statistics professor not a physics professor my limited understanding of this what we've seen with what the ball does in cooler temperatures and slightly warmer temperatures as we start getting into some of these games with these even hotter temperatures uh you know and i think and i think we have a great example we don't have a lot of data but we have a great example this was about a month ago we had a warm front come 
through. We had Kansas City where we had three games in a row, I think, uh, you know, in the mid 90s, which isn't quite, which is about what we're talking about here. And I think yeah. there were like 50 runs in that three game series or something like that. So I just think it's going to be not a, you never know. Uh, but the only way you're not going to allow runs here is if you're striking guys out or you're getting guys to really put the ball on the ground. And you, like you talk about, a guy like Spencer Strider can strike out those guys and can really help yeah. that, uh, make a game barely go under the total. But uh, these guys aren't going to strike guys out. They're going to have to keep the ball on the ground. And that is a lot easier said than done for most pitchers, right? It's not yeah. like, you know, there's a couple guys in the league who can do it really well, but it's a very hard thing to do. It's not everyone, every pitcher wants to keep the ball on the ground. It's like, it's not like, oh, I'll just go do it, right? If every pitcher could have a 100% ground ball rate, they would do yeah. it. Yeah. Right, it's not it's not that easy. Uh, one last thing here to talk about with these two pitchers. Talk about neither one of them being a strikeout guy. That takes us to our pitcher prop of the day. Justin Steele under five and a half strikeouts at minus one hundred five. When you look at this season, he's gone under this number. 56% of the time, uh, 10 of his 18 starts. I mean, he's been right around this number. The minus 105 part is key. When you look at the innings, he's mostly been a six-inning pitcher. So, you know, to me, when I think about this prop, I think if he goes six innings, he's been about eight strikeouts per nine. That kind of puts him in the five-strikeout range right there. But as we talked about with the heat, that's going to make it a little harder to strike guys out. Because to strike guys out, you got to really throw every, you got to throw a pitch at 100%. Does he want to do that knowing that's going to make him more fatigued? You know, he already is fatigued. He might get run early. There's just a lot of ways with this weather that's going to make it really hard for him to strike out guys. Not impossible, right? But it's going to be tough at minus 105. I think this is a great play under five and a half strikeouts here. Probably wouldn't play this at minus 125 or something. That's a whole lot more juice. But anywhere near this even money, uh, I, I think there's just a lot of ways you can win this. And I love a pick that I've got a lot of ways to win it when it's near even money cousin jared anything to add here on justin Steele? i i mean i'm just envisioning both of these starting pitchers out there just drenched in sweat having to go for the rosin bag like every two seconds uh and, and because it's just going to be so hot yeah yeah absolutely i think that's very possible so again a lot of ways to win that one under five and a half k's for steel is our pitcher prop of the day if you want to see all of the goodies that we've got over there at outlier uh they've got all the plus expected value plays uh, highlighted for you that's one of them gave out another one to the discord uh here today on a game that we aren't covering uh so that's why you know we're not talking about it but a lot of great insights over there and the, the prop over there on the discord is actually one that i gave out the plus expected value play that hasn't hit that much this season but really has to do with uh the other team and their strikeout tendencies to kind of outline some of that logic for a discord but you can kind of get a good feel on outlier. i love what outlier does there where you get that plus expected value and you go why is this get to dive into it a little bit check out the data you know look at a bunch of interesting things like that a great tool to have in your arsenal on top of that they integrate with the big four domestic sports books allowing you to shop for prices click the button and go right to one of them and make the bet sign up today at outlier.bet slash professor again that link's in the show description as well it can get you a seven day free trial and if you're not already playing daily fantasy you can check out thrive and pick out an entire lineup of players and enter a contest or just pick a couple props probably them together and if they all win you win new users they use the promo code sides or the sign up link in the show description receive a 100 instant first deposit match up to 250 dollars or sign up today to take advantage 
of some free money, which will take us to our last game of the day, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Guardians at the White Sox, a situation where we're not going to have a big weather adjustment. Slight breeze blowing in, slightly warm is going to cancel upper 70s for this one. So it should play pretty normal there. Tanner Bybee. And Dylan Cease in this one. Cease pitching a little better as of late. His underlying metrics pretty aligned with that four ERA, but again, trending the right direction based off some early struggles. Bybee is a guy who I think is really uh, heading for some regression. He's a guy who the underlying metrics do not support that 304 ERA. Uh, it's been a great set of results for him, but I do not think he can keep it up. Neither one of these offenses are very good. Both sets of relievers are solid. Even with the White Sox losing Ronaldo Lopez, they're solid right now. Again, hold your breath on this one. Wait to make a play on it if you want. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen with the trades. Uh, the issue, of course, is if that trade happens, the price will change too, right? So, uh, you know, it's kind of, for me, I'm just going to go ahead and lock in this price. We're going to be on the White Sox at minus 110. It's a B-grade pick. If it gets under... About minus 105-ish, you're talking at A grade. Barely gets into a B here. Models should be priced at minus 119. White Sox won 54% of the time. Because, uh, Jared, the big difference on this one is the fact that the White Sox have uh, uh, Dylan Cease going, who is looking, starting to really look his last several starts like the Dylan Cease of last year. That can make all the difference. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, so this is one of the things where I'm a situation where I'm really relying on on sideline because uh, you mentioned Bybee doing really well, really well recently. And so just me with my naked eye, I'm like, man, I go look at his past five games and he's been doing really, really well. Why would I want to fade him, especially against a team like the White Sox, who are the, the White Sox and just aren't aren't very good? Obviously, I know Cease is good. Um, but anyway, this is a, a time where I would urge you listener to kind of look at what sideline has to say and take that into consideration because my first thought was was hey this might be like stay away might want to back the guardians here bobby's been doing really well um but sideline knows more than i do you mentioned that sideline seems to indicate that bobby might be in line for some regression his underlying metrics haven't been as good as his actual performances have been the past few games and then uh, to your point you mentioned c seems to kind of be getting on a roll right now uh, we we see plenty of example plenty of examples every year where you got a team like the white Sox who just i mean they're they're not good um but having like one really good pitcher who if they don't trade him away still going to roll out there every fifth day and they're probably going to be really good. Like I can think back to like the 2014 Astros. They weren't a very good team, but they had Dallas Keuchel going every fifth game and you knew they were going to be in every single game, had a really good chance to win every single game that he started. So um, I, I think it's not the other four or five days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it might be a similar thing with the, with the White Sox. So um, I know it might be tough to fade Bybee here with how well he's been doing, but I I, I think Cease is, is the right way, especially Cease and the White Sox are the right way to lean here, especially hearing what you're saying. There might be some underlying things with Bybee that, that we're not quite seeing. Yeah, and of course, the big thing to remember, definitely want to bet this one pitcher dependent. I don't think that Cease will get traded, but it would not be the first time in history that you see on Twitter at about 2 p.m. Uh, that Dylan Cease has been scratched and everyone's going, oh, they've traded him, right? I don't know if they're going to trade him. You know, when you talk about any of these teams that are going out of contention, you never really know what's going to happen, right? No matter what they say about they will or won't trade guys, you just never know. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, the White Sox already started the trades by trading Giolito. 
you never know. So you definitely want to bet this on pitcher dependent just in case he's scratched. Uh, he might be scratched even without a trade if it's one of those where they're close to a trade because you don't oh. want him to get uh, – him to get hurt in a game that doesn't mean anything for him. So definitely want to bet this one pitcher dependent because the pick here is all about Dylan Cease. And again, as you mentioned, Tanner Bybee, uh, a guy that you just have to kind of trust the underlying metrics and just say um, in the long run, I, I hesitate to say this, but I'm pretty sure every starting pitcher that we talk about the underlying metrics suggest something's about to happen it happens it may not happen that start and that's where you just never know that doesn't mean he can't have a good start tonight right but in the long run it comes around sometimes it takes a long time tony gonsolin uh julio uriah two guys it took a long time for but it happened right and that's the thing is it's it's you know i haven't haven't said that about spencer strider because it hasn't happened yet because the underlying metrics just he's a really good pitcher right but uh you know these guys like that it does eventually catch up to him because the underlying metrics are extremely predictive in the long run you just never know when it's going to happen. But that's a situation where maybe we've got a little bit of value created. Again, all about the price. And in this case, all about uh, the starting pitcher. Because, Jared, I think that basically hits our, uh, our our self-imposed time limit. We're about at half an hour now. Do you have any parting words uh, for the viewer here on this Thursday? Uh, I mean, I, I was trying to wrap my mind around Giolito being traded to the Angels. Like, do we really think that's going to make a difference for them? Uh, I mean, sure, that maybe they're a little bit better now. But – are they going to go far in the playoffs anyway? How far does the team want to go to try to keep Otani around because he's a free agent this year? Uh, and then Colorado apparently decided they're going to move to the Big 12 in, in uh, you know, the NCAA football <laughs> yeah. there. And so, I mean, again, I, I'm like, I'm, this, this is all too much for the time that we're recording. This has just been way too much for me to take in. Yeah, so I saw that late last night that Colorado yeah. going to the Big Twelve, and yeah. I was like, I thought they left the Big Twelve. Uh, I, yeah. A little yeah. surprising there. I feel like, uh, you know, you've got your A and M shirt on there. You know, if A and M said they want to yeah. come back to the Big Twelve, I don't know if they would take them back. Right? I feel like when yeah. you leave, yeah. it's kind of a like good riddance, yeah. you know. But yeah. uh, I think Nebraska, I think if Nebraska wanted to come back, I think the Big Twelve would be like, nah, you know, you were kind of a headache. Yeah. I don't want to deal with you. Right. But Colorado, apparently yeah. it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, now they've got yeah. 13 teams going forward. When is this going to happen? Well, I don't even know what's going like, you, you, It's going to get they, weird, they, I feel like. Yes. And obviously they would prefer to have 14 teams, but they said apparently like, hey, we're not necessarily looking to add people right now. We're not desperate to add people. We're fine having 13 next year. And it's like, okay, I have no idea how you're going to do this, but okay. I, yeah, I, I have a lot of questions. Uh, it's not that it can't be done, obviously, but it's just yeah. a weird spot to be in. Uh, yeah. Does even 14 make sense? Or at some point, does 16 make more sense? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. gonna, it's getting weird. It feels yeah. like it's about to get weirder. You don't, yeah. you know, was that the first? Are we about to have another week in college football and the trade deadline at the same time? Are we going to have a week in college, in college sports, I should say, not just football, yeah. right? Where, you know, now there's going to be rumors of is Oregon going anywhere, is Washington going anywhere, the Arizona schools going anywhere, right? Are they all going yeah. to the Big 12? Like, we're going to have all this happening at the same yeah. time of the trade deadline. You're absolutely right. It is yeah. a wild uh, week. Everyone just kind of, you know, make sure you're seated in, buckled in, yeah. and braced for, for what's yeah. coming. Uh, that last thing I want to mention, come back to the Angels, of course. You mentioned about going deep in the playoffs. Can they even make the playoffs at this point? You know, that yeah. obviously helps yeah. them, but I have to assume that – so much right now making the playoffs is where you currently are. And part of it's the projections, but you can only yeah. swing the projections so much uh, right. going forward with only whatever 70 games, you know, left in the season. So much of this now is where they are. They're not in a good spot. So I feel like they're going to have to add more just even 
make the playoffs. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting thing to, for right. them to go all in. Obviously, they want to keep Otani, but kind of going all in on a season that they could easily miss the playoffs. It's uh, going to be a, a fun week, I feel like. Yeah, uh, otherwise, yeah. though, that's all we're going to talk about for today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picture with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's right into your feed. We'll be back tomorrow with more sports betting content. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.